everyone and welcome back to the Barely Bookish podcast. Today I am joined by Alex and we are discussing two Jane Eyre movies. We are going to be talking about 1943 first and then the 1970 second. You can't see me but I've got two thumbs up. For two movies that we're going to talk about. Are they both good? Who's to say? We are. <laughs> we are to say and we will tell you. Yeah. Let's just start. We'll start with the 43 we're gonna start chronologically yeah and then we'll talk about the 70s at the end and then we'll talk about which one we like better but i think it's going to be very obvious the way i talk about them all right let's go all right so first note on the 43 version that storybook entry to like get us beautiful it's so good princess bride same vibe love Mm -hmm. that i love a storybook entry yeah, no, the uh, one of the things I really will eventually I want to talk about is the inclusions. Like what I'm not super interested in, like how exact and close to the book mm-hmm. was the movie. Like that's boring. But like, you know, talking about what movies get the vibes right mm-hmm. is interesting to me. Um, and there's something about the fact that they made a Jane Eyre movie with a storybook that does not have the opening of the book in it like it's yes just like you know what already we're doing a reimagining and i'm here Mm -hmm. for it you know Mm -hmm. like take any sort of fidelity to the book huck it out the window we don't fucking need it let's go i was like i thought i was going crazy for a second because it's written as if it's the actual book i was like this is not it's not like i i felt like i needed to go double check myself because i was like am i (laughs) Well, fully fully in line with Orson Welles' movies to gaslight the shit out of you. Um. <laughs> that sounds about right. So they deleted the two little girl cousins. Yeah, she's she gone. Only, it's gone. It. <laughs> she got this blonde, like, what do they call that? Like, not the Cupid, but like, there's something. Like what, what do they call like cherub? Thank you cherub looking child <laughs> like they were like you know the most blonde blue eyed curly head kid we could get let's go make him a raging asshole real mm. quick yeah yeah can i just say um, for the what did you think of the costuming because like rolling in like i have a specific ver like thought of what Jane Eyre like even as a child like the sort of mm-hmm. fashion is and this felt really early to me like it felt like it mm-hmm. was set a half a generation before with like the like all the ruffles on the kid and the hairstyle yeah. and like the dress that the aunt was wearing I was like this is Regency England mm-hmm. and like maybe that's right in ah. But, like, it felt early. It felt like a weird costuming choice to me. Yeah. It felt way too... I don't, like, they're not... Well, one, to me, I didn't... I thought that, like, the reeds were probably firmly middle class. Mm. And it made it look like they were, like, rich, rich. With yeah, all, they, like, the... they, they were straight up, like, aristocratic in the way they mm-hmm. were depicted. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't love the costuming on that one. I'm with you. It was very, it felt very weird to me. 
Yeah. Like, I like the costuming on the 70s version a lot better. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um. However, the one thing I did really like about the 40s, three version is I liked how they inserted her thoughts as if they're like part of the page, even though they're gaslighting us with it. Mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. like the way they did that. I agree. The narrative, like I appreciate that one of the things they kept in 43 was this sort of notion that this is a story that we're being told by Jane Eyre, like mm-hmm. that she is the narrator. She is the force of it that i mean for better or worse it it's a there are things that i felt were kind of weak because of that Mm -hmm. but like i enjoyed that they kept that like heart of the sort of book narrative where like we're listening Mm -hmm. to jane reflect on all of this stuff whereas in the 73 version it's just like we there's a story yeah we're just seeing it play out there's less connection it's it's like it's relying on you to have read the book to have this this connection to jane Eyre, because otherwise you're like "Mm." whereas with 43 like immediately it's we have the connection to jane Eyre because she's telling us the story Mm -hmm. i also will say i don't think you could understand 43 if you didn't read the book like it doesn't make sense as a movie yeah, the cuts that they made, like the story mm-hmm. stuff that they chose to focus on and then remove mm-hmm. makes it very, yeah, you have to have the background mm-hmm. to see this movie and fully appreciate what's going on, I think. Which is yeah. funny because my partner, Anne, saw the movie first. Really? Yeah. That's wild. And? And it made her want to read the book? So it made her want to read the book, but she doesn't like the book because she saw the movie. Mm. Because of all of, like, because, well, we'll get to the spoilers, but, like, because the Mm. focus is so heavily on Rochester and Jane that all of the other stuff that happens in the book, she's like, this isn't the the story that's fun. Like, I want that ship, damn it. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel really bad because I'm about to roast the living shit out of the 43 version. I'm not going to lie to you here. Let's fucking go. Okay, perfect. Because I didn't like it. Okay. I'm going to ask why, but I want, Mm -hmm. like, can we say things that we liked about it first? I always like, I like constructive, constructive, being constructive before I uh, I drop the hammer. I'll go, let's continue going through my notes of the 43 version, and then I'll, I'll tell you why I didn't like it at the All end. All right, let's do it. All right. So, um, in this one, they did keep Brocklehurst there. I did love her being like, I'm not taking the job, you psycho. <laughs> yes. Peak. Very good. Um, then there's some creepy dude hitting on Jane at the bar. I was like, is he coming up later? No. <laughs> no, he's nope. not. It's just some um, ambiance. A little misogyny to get you through. Yeah. Uh, it really kind of bothered me that Adele is definitely not French. Absolutely <laughs> not French. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, pulled an American kid and they're like, yeah, act French. And she's like, oh oui, oh oui, monsieur. <laughs> Listen, it was 1943. There was a shortage of French people. They were fighting a war. Okay. 
Yeah, I just, I, whenever she talked, I was like, oh my god. Um, Rochester almost killing Jane was really funny to me when he. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, horse scene on that one was very dramatic. It was like they really. Yeah. Uh, what I what I would have liked to talk about is some of the things that the scenes that happen in each movie and how they're mm-hmm. they both have very different vibes. Mm-hmm. But the the scene where he almost runs her down, I really enjoy in both movies. Like they're yes. so over the top and so like this is the moment. Mm-hmm. Like just they are constructing a scene so that we know that this is important. And I mm-hmm. think they're both really I think they both do that scene pretty well. Yeah, me too. Um, I do like that the 43 version felt very much like a horror movie, which is the vibe I wanted. Okay, yeah. So one of the things I was gonna say is that what i did like about this movie is that they leaned into the gothic on it Mm -hmm. like thornfield is a fucking dracula's castle yes (laughs) like what the wing (laughs) i was like what is going on did we just like make the dracula movie and then be like well we got the set so i don't know it's it's been sitting here for a few years so it's all dusty let's put jane Eyre on it like mm-hmm. it like thornfield felt like it was just some <laughs> crumbling gothic ruin which was like like the vibe there is so different mm-hmm. from the book you know for me like yeah. it's jane Eyre is not a gothic novel in any in mm-hmm. any stretch of my imagination but like mm-hmm. it has the elements if you choose to focus on it like there mm-hmm. is this bad dark past that's haunting mr rochester in the form of bertha there is this like crumbling estate that he's not managing there is mystery there's danger there's murder there's fire like if you focus on these things which orson Mm -hmm. wells did like you can make this a legitimate gothic horror movie Mm -hmm. and the set is incredible like mm-hmm. Jane looking out of her little window to see yes. the other wing. It's like, no, no, this isn't what <laughs> Thornfield is, but it is in this movie, and I fucking love it. I love how quickly that Rochester can go across the other <laughs> wing. <laughs> he like He's... leaves, she looks out the window, and the things are this like lights already all the way over there. It's gotta be secret passages. Like you know oh, yeah. a, a crumbling ruin like that has got secret passages out the wazoo. He's probably just like pulling a candelabra, hucking himself through the little dank tunnel, and boom, there he is. That's how you get there. The energy I was feeling with this was like when you're high school has to like they're like okay we have jane Eyre on friday but then we have dracula on saturday and we can't change the sets so they need to share a hundred percent yes it yeah it's a very weird like i get what was going on mm-hmm. i get why these choices are being made but it feels so wrong mm-hmm. having just read this book like yeah when you are seizing the vibes the ness the like essence of jane Eyre. I don't know. It it feels like a big swing and a miss, even though I love watching it. I'm like, it does mm-hmm. not hit at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. I do like this portrayal of Jane more than I like the portrayal of the 70s Jane, though. This feels like Jane Eyre, you know? 
what I like, well, what I really liked about the 1940s Jane Eyre was that she, <clears throat> they dropped all of the sassiness, I felt. Like, in this one, yes. Jane is not, like, the repartee back and forth with Rochester, mm -hmm. but she is this just sort of, like, quiet, furious presence which mm -hmm. is very Jane Eyre to me. Like, yeah. just she sits there and judges. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this, this is Jane Eyre right here. Like, if we were to boil this down, I think that, oh, what's her name? Just so that Joan Fontaine, uh. like, she did, I mean, maybe we can talk about the differences in Jane in the Janes and the Rochesters when we, mm -hmm. when we talk about both movies. But like, she really had a more like, quiet subdued presence that's still like very strong which i yeah. thought was very good yeah she gave me vampire child very well a hundred percent yes yeah um oh <laughs> so they do in this version they decided to confirm that adele was his kid good choice good choice um yep I do have a note that says, what kind of ye old language is Grace Poole using? <laughs> I don't even know, honestly. I don't, like, they're like, oh yeah, Grace Poole, the witch that came with the castle? Like, that's right. the energy we're <laughs> Which, like, listen, that's a strong, good energy to bring to mm -hmm. a character. But, like, I feel like they're doing something that's, like... Because there are moments in Jane Eyre where Charlotte Bronte was like trying to write in the local dialect, you know, like mm -hmm. when she's talking to the maid at Morehouse, like the maid has that sort of very stilted, uh, mm -hmm. like weird patois that Charlotte Bronte is trying to like save on the page. Like maybe that's kind of what they were doing. It's like, this is what people from this place sound like. So we're going to put them in there so that, uh, I don't know. <laughs> or they just had a lady who was like, I'm going to do some weird stuff, okay? Yeah, they, like, ground the, like, B-list Shakespearean actress, and they're like, alright, go be a nurse. You got this. Get in there. It's your time to shine. <laughs> but, like, also, the her just, like, lurking in corridors. Oh, Peak. she's got a good lurk. Oh, yeah. Loved that. Great energy. Um... And then I have a note that says 18 minutes left and they just proposed. How is the rest of this going to go? Uh-huh. They had a lot of stuff in there. This, I mean, they cut so much out of this, mo mm -hmm. out of this movie that it does. I, I mean, I'll have thoughts about this, but like the ending of Jane Eyre, I feel like is really hard to nail. Mm -hmm. Like, because there's, it's just this sprawling, shambling, like, the 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 climax of that movie or of the of that book is in many ways the wedding and then we've got like 10 chapters after that yeah like it is a long long denouement and just like mm -hmm. to take that and put it on screen there's mm -hmm. something about the the plot structure that just doesn't work and so yeah. like when you're making a movie out of that like you gotta smash that all into the last twenty minutes, mm -hmm. and everyone's left going, "What just happened?" If you're watching yep. a 1943 movie, 
And even if you're watching the 1970 movie, you're like, uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. And I'll say this. I did not think that Rochester and Jane had any chemistry at all mm, in this movie. No. Listen, it's be- it's because of Orson Welles. I am almost positive. Uh, love him. Love watching him. He is not a romantic lead at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Just... I- I felt like he was like actively kidnapping her the entire time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's like, you love me, right? And Jane's like, you you have a knife to my throat. Sure. I guess. Uh-huh. One of the conversations that Anne and I had while we, because she watched the 1940, the, the 40s one with me because we own it. Like it's a movie that mm-hmm. she owns because she enjoys. And so we were watching it and both of us were just sitting there like, God, when we were teenagers, this seemed romantic. <laughs> and now we're adults and we're like, oh, yeah. this is bad. Yeah. There's a couple of things I have like that. I'm like, what? I'm, you know, you like, or you show it to someone else for the first time. And you're like, oh, crap. Oh, no. What have I done? Yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. Or re-listening to Santa Baby as an adult. You're like, ooh, rapey. Santa Baby's not rapey. Santa Baby is materialistic. Where is Santa Baby rapey? Wait. You're thinking a baby it's cold outside. Yes, I am. Which What's is Santa fact, Baby? Which is, Santa Baby is uh, Eartha Kitt and mm-hmm. others. Uh, Santa Baby is about a grown-ass woman asking Santa for a ring and the deed to a platinum mine. And Oh, no, that's Slave. Oh, yeah, yeah it's so she, good. Slave. All right, I have I have to say, mm-hmm. from what I understand of the history of Baby It's Cold Outside, it's less rapey, and it's more about feminine empowerment. It's about how we can't be seen to be interested in each other, and we can't be seen to be uh, sexually interested in each other. So I have to go mm-hmm. through this whole thing to be like, oh, mm. oh, I have to go. Oh, no. Mm. That being said... Mm-hmm listening to it on the surface very rapey yeah and i don't know if the subtext is true or not but if it is true it doesn't really redeem the song I don't, yeah much. i don't know if it redeems it enough for me that's fair uh it's one of my least favorite christmas songs um do you know the christmas shoes <laughs> we've had this whole conversation okay. All right, never mind. <laughs> i forget it's, i think ranted. it's on the podcast too <laughs> okay good i have ranted at so many people about christmas shoes and how fucking terrible that song is. Uh, I forget. I'm sorry. My brain is also melted plastic and scrambled eggs. So, Food. I just I spent uh, most of the Christmas week uh, binging really trashy like Hallmark esque movies, and mm-hmm. it brought me great joy. So good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because that is what this time that time of year is for. Mm-hmm. Is for brain? watching Christmas no. garbage. Turning your brain mm-hmm. off. That's it. Mm-hmm. Doing mm-hmm. nothing. Correct. And then watching Netflix Jane has put out some twice. good ones. Oh, I believe it. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's a whole... There's got to be a, a cottage industry at this point of, like, shitty Christmas movies because people know. Like, Hallmark has bottled lightning with shitty mm-hmm. Christmas movies. And so, mm-hmm. like, I think Amazon does them, too. Um, yeah. I think Amazon Studios has their own, too, at this point. Like, it is... <clears throat> Which means 
we're now entering the area era of the actually shitty shitty christmas movie like mm-hmm. now we're at the point where the hipster gets to say no 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 this is all commercial bullshit even though hallmark christmas movies are also commercial bullshit but like they are just trying to make a christmas movie man i know what netflix <laughs> is doing and i know what amazon is yeah doing. i see you i see you mm-hmm. okay listen i did fully get my dad's youtube login to record a movie that was given to me as a clip on tiktok where hot motorcycle man from the big city wrecks and sees a beautiful girl that like is all about christmas and christmas trees in her small town and she like makes sure he gets to the hospital and i was like yeah you got me you got me you've roped me in in. all right motorcycle man let's fucking go let's christmas this shit up Hard part is, it's like, I don't really, like, it's, you know, as soon as they take the helmet off, you're like, like, it's like when the beast becomes a human again, you're like, disgusting. Yeah, don't want it. Not interested. (laughs) No. (laughs) Put the helmet back on. (laughs) Come on. Boop, boop, buddy. Yeah, something about that safety. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Safety is sexy, all right? So keep the helmet on. (laughs) Anyways... I can talk about Christmas movies for a while. So the fact that this is coming out uh, January 3rd, unrelated. Okay. That's tomorrow. Well, it is as we tomorrow. Record. So by the time Oopsie this drops, Oopsie. that will be out. Mm-hmm. We're going to end. And then I'm going to like barely edit it. And then I'm going to give it to you guys as entertainment. Excellent. Because it goes live at midnight. So, Woo! And it is 7.09. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this baby up. My favorite moment is everyone like going to go see Bertha and saying absolutely nothing and just leaving. And just leaving. And just leaving. <laughs> so like, funny. We don't even see her. Yeah, I was like, I thought I like blinked and missed it. Nope. I was like, no, this is one of the this is one of those choices where I'm just like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I mean, part of it is, I don't know if it's brilliant or not mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Because, like, one of my favorite things in horror movies is when you never see the monster. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're, you're, your brain is going to make up something way more horrible than whatever that monster is. And so mm-hmm. the fact that we don't see Bertha she's like a horror movie monster which is cr- mm-hmm. it's incredible like it's such yeah. a choice and like that's really amazing. rams home that this is a horror movie that's mm-hmm. packaged as a romance like it's it's wild so good so good i'm obsessed very rebecca to me honestly extremely rebecca yes mm-hmm. and like if you don't think that daphne du maurier as a tiny child was like devouring jane Eyre, you got another thing coming oh yeah definitely 100 percent um so we skip everything with her cousins and her uncle and becoming rich and then she goes to the reed house instead yep <laughs> this is why Anne loves this movie because she hates the singin rivers part in the book fair and <clears throat> for a long time i understood having reread it i disagree 
I think that's I a really great part of the book, but is really hard to film. Like, yeah. this is a thing I, I think we should talk about when we do the 70s one, but like, the Morehouse sequence is bad filmed. Just like, straight up bad. It's not... Mm-hmm. Like, I think you need to be an exceptional screenwriter, director, and mm-hmm. have an incredible stable of actors to make that work. Yeah. Unless you do it maybe episodically. But, like, as a film, as a movie, mm-hmm. hot garbage. Absolute it's, hot garbage. This is one of the... I like most books I say should never become movies. I think everything should probably be a TV show. And this one especially, there's way too much that happens. You could make this book three movies easily. I agree. Yeah. You know, make you it Star time Wars. at Lowood. Yep. The time at a uh, time one at Rochester's house. Honestly, you could probably do four. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely I mean, I could do trilogy. some movies. I love a trilogy. Like it, tight yeah, three. absolutely. Make it a tight three, and we're good. Yeah. Um, but now we're on my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking French doors blowing in, the papers swirling everywhere. Jane! Oh, it's so, Jane! so dramatic. It's, it's so good. It's just like, you know, the, the whole movie's a bit of a collapsing set at this mm-hmm. point. So, yeah, let's go for it. Whatever. Whatever. I also had a note here that that doctor gets everywhere. He's everywhere. (laughs) So did you note that the doctor is Dr. Rivers? Yes, I did. Do you think that that's a Sinjin stand-in? I I don't know. I don't know. I I was like, what was... Go ahead. All right, sorry. I just, I didn't didn't remember the name of the doctor. So I was like... "Mm." It's, It's Dr. Rivers. And I spent a lot of this movie being like... Well, no, is the OG doctor. Sinjin? Yeah. Sinjin. Is it His name is Dr. Rivers. Oh. It's the same guy. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know I was either. confused. I think maybe because they cut out all of the Morehouse stuff, they it's mm-hmm. just like an Easter egg. But like my brain takes that and is like, this means something. Uh, and it never plays out. So, yeah. spoilers. I was just like, it's the doctor she has as a kid in like the actual book was his name dr rivers no no okay so in the book it's something else i don't remember but in okay but this i don't know what they were doing okay i don't know it's weird i don't know this movie doesn't make much sense (laughs) (laughs) no it's like doctor at lowood i'm now your aunt's doctor or i was but she's dead so and then i just show up and give you mail so yeah here's some mail i'm a doctor postal carrier don't worry about it doctor postal carrier attorney you know whatever whatever you need i'm here i wear many hats okay (laughs) i would be impoverished if it wasn't for 17 hats i wear this hustle gig economy of the of the mid-victorian it's killing us man he said freelance you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) um apparently she was writing to brocklehurst for her job back i was like what she's desperate she's desperate she didn't have anywhere to go 
yeah and then my next note is they really fucked up this ending good lord (laughs) (laughs) truly um and then rochester the house doesn't burn down in this one he's just still there yeah it's like a wing that burned down and she's just like standing amidst the rubble yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he's like yeah we just like sequester off that one i guess and then the rest at least she's dead now (laughs) right what listen they couldn't afford a second set okay (laughs) he just threw a sheet over and he's like all right it's good it's fine (laughs) just don't go in that part of the house anymore because it's mostly burned Mm -hmm. you know smoke inhalation and you know lead poisoning all that kind of stuff yeah all the all the good stuff (laughs) and then my last note is uh uh, not the war bonds at the end. <laughs> yeah, you too can support the fight against fascism by buying war bonds. Okay. Cackled, absolutely cackled <laughs> when I saw that. <laughs> so, like, how, how how many how many stars does Jane Eyre nineteen forty three get? I would give it a solid three for the okay. energy for the god okay. for. The fun time that I had. It was a tight mm-hmm. 90. Yep. I don't feel like I wasted my time. However, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all. No. Uh, I think if you were going to... So, I'd give it six stars as a horror movie. For... Were we rating it out of ten? Yeah. Oh. Or you were doing I'll stick out of... with my three. <laughs> I was doing out of four. Six stars as a horror movie. I'll go four stars as what it's as an adaptation of what it's supposed to mm-hmm. be. Because truly, you do need you need to know what the story is for this movie to make any mm-hmm. through line of sense. And if you don't, then you start to think, "Oh, this is romantic," and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you know, I I'm a good dark romance girly. So I felt like I was there for that, you know? I'm like, should this be a love story? No. Mm-mm. Is it a fun time? Yes. Yeah. Am I a little scared? Also, yes. For having Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's that's the vibe I was going with. Um, I enjoyed it for that. Would I, if someone liked Jane Eyre, recommend this movie? No. Um, the only reason I would recommend it is because of my personal love of Orson Welles. Other than that, no. If you want a good Orson (laughs) Welles, go watch The Third Man. Have you seen The Third Man? Mm Mm-mm. Oh. It's a post-war... I'm going to give you a brief rundown because I have have my masculine I'm talking about movies hat on, so I have to be obnoxious. I just watched the Barbie movie last night and the jokes about the oh. Godfather hit so close to home. <laughs> I felt I felt attacked and seen and had a good time. Barbie movie was I've great. I've never seen I've, Godfather either. It's okay. You don't need okay. to. Okay. All right, cool, cool. Barbie movie, though, everyone should watch the Barbie movie. Oh, yeah. Top that tier. Anybody that's great. like, oh, I don't like the Barbie movie, like, I'm kind of judging. I'm that's not a red like... flag. That's a yeah. red flag. Anyway, uh... Third Man is about is is set in post-war Vienna, if I want if I remember correctly. Uh mm-hmm. and it's about a guy who goes there because someone has died. 
and he's trying to figure out what happened. And everyone is like, yeah, we saw this guy die and two people carried him away or something like that. And then he finds someone who's like, three people carried him away. There was a third man. And so it's mm. all about, it's like this conspiracy for him to find out who the third man is. And it has my favorite movie line of all time, which is, <clears throat> the Swiss had 400 years of peace. And what did they give us? The cuckoo clock. And it's all in this notion of like, it's, it's an anti-war film, but you have this character who's like, war is good. War mm -hmm. gives us progress. And it's just like this very twisted worldview that when it's, when that line is delivered, it's just like, oh, right in the, yeah. right in the, oh, and it's Orson Welles at his smarmiest. Uh, it's, it's really good. Highly recommend. That was another movie Anne made me watch. I had never seen it. And I was like, this is brilliant. So props to Anne who knew about this movie and showed it to me. Yeah. Big uh, thumbs up. Give Anne a solid fist bump for Done. this movie. Appreciate it. So let's talk I... about George C. Scott, right? Yeah. So we're on to the 97, uh, the 1970s version is what I meant to say. Um, I am going to just get into it by they cast the most beautiful woman to play Jane Eyre and right? the entire time they're like wow you're so ugly like imagine looking at Megan Fox and be like all right Megan listen you're the dump you know is that yes. what it's called? <laughs> called duff the duff you know the, I'm sorry is that uh, what it's called? The, what are you I don't know what you're referring to stands for something they even made oh. a movie about it hold on let me let me make sure i'm saying the right thing because i don't duff meaning it's a beer from springfield illinois yeah designated ugly fat friend oh okay yeah like that's never heard this term <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they're basically picking like the hottest like they had a line of actresses i'm sure like everybody's like average looking and then they're like hey hot girl yeah, right. we're gonna make fun mm. of you for a movie. Mm hmm. And like, listen, Joan Fontaine also an attractive woman. Mm -hmm. Like, both of the Jane Eyre's, they're not ugly. No, they're but not like, ugly at all. They didn't. I don't think they roasted her looks nearly as much. They they called her average. Yeah, maybe once. But this one, they're like, you are disgustingly ugly. Even Adele calls her ugly. Yep. No, and it's like. You have an extremely beautiful woman on screen. What are you doing? Yeah, and like every time they call her ugly, it's like a light is on her face and like the wind's blowing. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, and she's got like these beautifully waxed eyebrows. And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Sure, plain. Uh huh. Yeah. Very much like 70s version of let's make women feel bad about themselves is what I felt like was going on. So it. I'm wondering if there's a certain aspect of the, since I just watched the Barbie movie, of the take mm -hmm. off your glasses and you'll just be pretty, like, mm -hmm. sort of vibe. It's like, she's just pretty, man. Yeah. She's just pretty. Like, what yeah. are you doing? And also, I didn't feel like she was Jane. Like, she felt like mm. Mary Poppins to me. Interesting. Know? I thought there were some bits of Jane that she did really well like again that like banter with rochester yes 
and I thought that she like in her conversation with Brocklehurst at the very beginning like the mm-hmm. first scene that we see her when she's at Helen Burns's grave and Brocklehurst mm-hmm. is like the governors would like you to stay and she's like fuck you yeah. like no Peak. bones about it like that like she's got that sort of um self-assurance of Jane Eyre mm-hmm. but the problem is she has it at the beginning yeah like Jane Eyre at the end has that sort of like fuck fuck everything like I'm just mm-hmm. I'm me take it or leave it I'm not going to deal with all of your bullshit but that's yes. not where she starts and so mm-hmm. they've already like crystallized this character and we don't see growth and I think that's my problem with her yeah. my, that's my problem with her characterization of Jane is that she is mostly the same throughout the, mm-hmm. throughout the movie which that's not who Jane is and that's not why the yeah. book is interesting the book is interesting because of the change in her and you don't yeah, get like, that on screen we didn't get any of her like meekness at all like even mm-hmm. when she was at lowwood she was like and i will kill everybody in this place i will yes. fight anyone <laughs> like, god let me fight him let me literally him. literally like yeah i don't know but i i liked it i i think also I don't know if it's because of the way I was watching it, but it felt like the 43 version was drastically more preserved than this one was. Like, I felt like I was watching it on a grain of salt. Right. So the the issue we're running into is that the 43 is a Hollywood movie. Okay. The, the 70s, the 1970 version is a British television. It's like a mm. British TV movie. And so it okay. has like just british tv of this time period mm-hmm. has that look because of the technology okay. that they were using so like the first thing i noticed about this movie it's fucking dark and i yeah. don't mean i don't mean like grim or like the mo- like i mean it is literally underexposed mm-hmm. i don't know filmed but like there is no contrast to it like the dark scenes are almost invisible at times and the yeah. bright scenes are so washed out, but it's because of the technology that they were using. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess it just hasn't been restored or enhanced or whatever. Um, yeah. Like maybe... I, I sat in a dark room to watch this, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to, and I think that's one of, it's not a critique of the movie for me, mm-hmm. but it it's very, like, it's a very specific time period that you're watching and just like mm-hmm. seeing that i was like even if i didn't know when this was i'd be like okay this is mm-hmm. 60s 70s british tv got it yeah all right done what i do think what i really like about it and this is so like there is that graininess there's that harshness to it they mm-hmm. showed the moors mm-hmm. like we sh- we saw the landscape and it felt like the 40s movies you don't get the moors you don't get mm-hmm. that like landscape aspect to it that's so important to the book but i thought they like just by accident the fact that the movie looks this way really mm-hmm. reinforces like the bleakness of of northern england like it mm-hmm. mm, like there it added something for me to like mm-hmm. see this like scrub and heath in this like very stark weird way anyway yeah so good i loved it 
let's get into some of the chronological stuff, though. So, we skip over the Reeds family. No great flaws. Was not mad. Very cool with it. No, I think it's an interesting opening. Just like, yeah. get thee to Lowood, Jane Eyre. Okay. Like, you have to cut something for time, and I, th- I don't mind cutting that. No. I mean, I think you're like there's going to be heavy focus on what a shitty childhood jane Hare had anyway mm-hmm. and so the, the the reason the reeds are in the first movie is so that jane can go back to their house yeah like because in this one jane never goes back to the reeds like there's no yeah. plot line that's important there so we don't need it and honestly yeah i think it's a good choice i agree i agree yeah, I think we can just sum it up with they're terrible, and I'm cool with it. Right, Brocklehurst has some throwaway line about like how Jane Eyre's aunt is a benefactor of the school, and that's why she's here. And we're like, okay. Yeah. What kind like, of aunt right, would put her chi- her ward in a place like this? Well, we know. Yeah. And then she like throws away a line where she's like, oh, they're terrible, and like the worst people alive, and I would rather be here than there. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, they were actively trying to kill Helen in this, though. Oh my god! Okay, so that's another thing. In both movies, in mm-hmm. both movies, they're like Helen Burns, get outside <laughs> in the cold rain, which I think is interesting because in the book, obviously, she just like has TB and dies. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting that both movies are like we are going to take <laughs> Helen Burns and we're going to make her a sacrifice. To how terrible mm-hmm. these schools are. Like, mm-hmm. the school is a bad guy in the book because of neglect. Because they yeah. just... But, like, in both of these movies, they're like, the school is actively murdering children. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? And neither of them get rid of Brocklehurst. No! <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the school board's like, yeah, kill another kid. Like, <laughs> do it again! <laughs> Which, hey, we got some social commentary. I'm for it, because these places suck, and we should acknowledge as such. Fair enough. Um, in this one, Jane has the curly hair that they have to cut, and they're like, yeah, Jane, your hair is so curly. And I'm like, what? Nope. 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 I do like... And I think, because they cut her hair, and then when she's talking Mm -hmm. to Brocklehurst, she's like, I've never forgiven and I've never forgotten. And I think yeah. she's talking about her hair, like, because <laughs> it's the it's the it's the school teacher who's like Helen Burns. You got to go stand outside and <laughs> and aggravate your tuberculosis. But like, apart from being just the worst, like, what does Brocklehurst do to her except cut her hair? And that's <laughs> super that's super petty of Jane, and I'm here for it. She's like, you cut my hair, you motherfucker. So get out. Get behind She's me, like, I grew that for a year, bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a choice that was made. It's a choice, and I'm I'm here for it. It's fine. Like it's just. Yep. I just laughed when he's like, "It's so curly," and they're like, "We can't get it up in this bun." <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like it naturally waves, and I'm like, I see zero wave. I see yeah. zero wave. Okay, they were, like, fine. scrunching it really quick for the scene. Like, <laughs> we gotta make this hair do something that isn't the limp. They're, like, curling it with, like, a beach waver real quick. 
Uh, a thing I forgot to add, or I forgot to mention in the 43 version. Did you see who played Helen Burns? Or did you notice who played Helen Burns in the 1943 Jane Eyre? I don't think so. Elizabeth Taylor. She's a very famous film actress. Mm. She had purple eyes. She's married all the time. She's a very beautiful woman. She's in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Great movie. I haven't seen that either. Okay. And listeners who know who Elizabeth Taylor is, <laughs> she plays Helen Burns in the 1943 Jane Eyre. She's like 12 years old. It's great. Anyway. This one, Helen doesn't know she's going to die, though, which kind of makes this worse for me. Yeah, we don't get the, like, angelic Helen. We get the Helen who's like, I'm going to go home and it's going to be fine. And it's like, ah. Yeah. Urgh. Yep. I that do sucks. like that neither of them showed Helen actually, like, dead. They just kind of, like, transitioned to the gravesite. And I was like, fair. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need dead children on the screen. <laughs> Thank you. That's fine. Um. Oh, and I, <laughs> this one, the cackling starting the second she, like, walks into the bedroom. <laughs> immediate. It's immediate. I love it. Like, it felt like Mrs. Fairfax is like, yeah, let's go put our new governess right underneath. <laughs> And I, this movie gives the distinct impression that Mrs. Fairfax knows. Yeah. Like, in the book, sure. it's questionable. Like, does Mrs. Fairfax mm-hmm. know? I don't know. She's just like a batty old lady. But in this one, it's like, she's totally in on it. Or she totally knows mm-hmm. what's going on and does yeah. nothing. <laughs> like I know. I was like... Um, and then I have the note that I feel like Jane does not feel haunted enough or something just about her feels very off. Hmm. She's so like sunshiny, you know, and that just doesn't feel Jane to me. She does lack like grit, the the melancholy. Like, I think there's something about Jane that. Like, maybe Joan Fontaine got all the melancholy of Jane Eyre. And, mm-hmm. uh, is it Samantha York who's Jane Eyre in this one? Mm-hmm. We're going to Google this again. Um, Susanna York. I feel like she's mm-hmm. feisty Jane. Like, she took Jane yeah. Eyre and was like, I'm going to make her feisty. I'm going to make her witty. I'm going to make her just like a powerhouse. And mm-hmm. right from the beginning. And like again, I don't hate that characterization, but that's no. later Jane to me. That's not yeah. Jane waking up in the middle of the night and hearing cackling in her uh outside of her bedroom door and being like, Who the fuck is there? <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I, I mean I like it, but it just doesn't feel Jane. Which whatever. You know, you still got me with this movie, you know? I'm still 100%. there. Yep. Um, I like that they had drastically more chemistry in this. Mm, yes. Chemistry was like up to a hundred percent. I it was there was at the, I mean it wasn't a high bar to clear compared no. to the other movies. Just like do these two like each other as human beings? Great. Okay. Yeah. These two felt like they would bang in a closet at a Christmas party. I could see it. Yep. Yeah. George C. Scott has that sort of feral energy about him Mm -hmm. as Rochester, which 
We didn't really talk about how you felt about Orson Welles about Ro- as Rochester, besides he feels a little kidnappy. A little kidnappy and, like, just... I don't know. I just didn't love it. I feel like he was trying too hard to brood. Yeah. Whereas George C. Was. Scott was not. I don't... I feel like he was acting... Like, Orson Welles was acting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know that George C. Scott was acting in terms of like i don't think he was trying to overdo it i thought he was yeah so this is 1970 by the way this is the same year that he did Patton, which uh, he got he won the the oscar for best actor for Patton, and -hmm. turned it down why uh he had this idea that you shouldn't compare acting that like each person's craft was their own and they couldn't be compared to others which i think is like all right yeah yeah all right but like this is the same year that he wins Mm -hmm. the academy award for best actor and he's like in this british tv show or this british made for tv movie uh being rochester just hamming it up but in a good way yeah i know i loved this i like this like, I liked his interpretation a lot. No, like, it he felt d- like. Go ahead. Sorry. Like, with the 43 version, it just kind of felt like flat. Like, it just. Something about it. I just felt like he wasn't even a person. He wasn't really. My, the thing I think that strikes me most about the 40s movie is that there are two characters in it mm-hmm. it's Jane and Rochester. And so we really only get him interacting with Jane. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, and so Mm -hmm. we don't get the sort, like, in the 70s movie, he's, like, yelling at Adele. He's, like, snapping at Mrs. Fairfax. And it's like, okay, yeah. So, like, we see Rochester as this, like, jackass, which is what he is, you know? Mm -hmm. We see him being mean to people, and therefore we get the brooding... We get the sort of like sarcastic side of him that we don't get in the 40s version because the only person he's talking to is Jane. He mm-hmm. talks to Blanche like twice. And he's mm-hmm. like, are you going to go away and run away with me? That's my Orson Welles. It's really bad. I'm sorry. Um, it was spot on. I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> Whereas the 70s rochester like he has a breadth of interaction and george c scott is a good enough actor that we see a different side of him than the Mm -hmm. one that we see when he's with jane and i think that gives him depth yeah like i feel like the 43 version it's just like if you came across a fisherman who's like forgot to speak to people for a while Mm. that's the rochester energy we're getting yeah and that's not interesting because this Mm -hmm. is a movie Mhm. Mhm. I just I liked I liked this interpretation of their relationship a lot more, but it felt very like almost pride and prejudice, you know? Hmm. Like, I can see that. Yeah. It felt like they just kind of were like this is a romance novel. And I was like, "Uh, kind of." It certainly has parts of that, yes. Mhm. I, like, I just kind of felt like we lost the Jane Aaroness of it. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like it is, 
even while <laughs> the 40s movie is just about their relationship and therefore mm-hmm. should be a romance movie uh, it's a horror movie as we said but like this mm-hmm. one is like trying a little too hard to be a romance movie yeah yeah um oh and then i have another note on here where this one bertha like tried to frame jane mm-hmm. yeah yeah bertha was portrayed portrayed very differently in this i felt like she was portrayed as like actually being kidnapped you know like she was like mm. locked in a closet and trying to escape like not really crazy if that makes sense i mean they did portray her you know like i mean she does attack him but then like mm-hmm. starts cuddling him so there is like a like i think they tried to make her seem unhinged but it mm-hmm. i don't know that the actress who was doing it did all that great of a job so i think it kind of fell flat yeah um a a other weird thing i was gonna bring up is that like they try and do some weird like rochester apologism apology in this one where like rochester is like drain the field because we gotta have workers who can like actually do things so they don't starve and i'm like really yeah okay (laughs) right he's like i don't care how much it costs drain the field so people can use it and i'm like Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm oh sure Uh uh-huh sure i did not buy it for a minute not a minute no they're like we have to make him seem like loving right it's like no No. you don't you don't that's the whole worst right the whole joy of this is rochester is the worst Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. we meet sinjin who is actually the worst as also i thought rochester was hotter than sinjin so in this one well i guess mm-hmm. there was no sinjin in the other one george c scott is an interesting looking guy i don't know that he's handsome but i don't think he's bad looking i just thought the sinjin i didn't think he was that hot mm. he also be my doesn't... taste my other problem with sinjin in this movie is that he's in one of my other favorite movies of all time which is waking mm-hmm. ned divine which i may have talked about but in that movie he's like 40 years older um Mm. well 30 but he's like an old man in that one and so like Mm -hmm. that's what i'm used to seeing him as and so that's what i have in my head so maybe then i'm like "Mm, meh fair i just felt like he was very square (laughs) his walk did you see like did you catch his walk it boggled like it blew my mind it was like clockwork he was like stomping but not Mm -hmm. it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen so I also have to talk about the walk of the girl that plays Jane Eyre um, because have you ever seen the actress that plays Meredith in Grey's Anatomy? No. Her walk? Mm-mm. So they specifically don't film her walking because she like hold on let me just find this for you really quick and then I'm okay. going to send it to you this is important context for you to know. Can I send you a TikTok? Is that fine? That's how she walks all the time. What? Okay. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. So you think Jane Eyre has something similar going on? When she's walking through the moors, it looks <laughs> just like that. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, I agree. But she's walking <laughs> through the moors. No one looks normal when they're walking through the moors. I just... 
like they're like trying to like make her seem like she's like dying basically yes and she's like <laughs> like doing the meredith gray walk you know <laughs> i couldn't take it seriously the that's whole fair time. i mean i also did not take that seriously because any person just like stumbling through the moors and then she wakes up and has got like makeup caked on her face to oh, make her yeah. look like she's dirty like what is going on yeah oh i <laughs> i did also have to mention that whenever they held something by candlelight they like put a spotlight, the spotlight. on them. yes <laughs> and then the spotlight would move around oh my god <laughs> The production, so listen, funny. the production value on this, bad. Not good. Yeah. But you know what? It's charming. So it's I don't fine. care. It works. It's so funny. Um, I liked the Blanche moments in this. Yeah. Kind of made it for me. It was really good. Yeah, I feel like in the other one, Blanche wasn't much... Again, not much of a character. Like, just mm-hmm. sort of showed up for a bit. But this one was real... She was a real bee. And I appreciated mm. that about her. As she should be. Right. I expect Blanche to be a bit of a bee. Mm-hmm. So good. Um. Oh, and then she sees... Fully, Bertha gets shoved into an attic. It's asked no questions. Zero questions. <laughs> Zero questions. Like, come on, Jay. Like, she sees like this dude like basically mauled, and just Roger's just like, get in there, get in there, get in the cupboard. <laughs> and Jane's like, yeah, that's normal. Whatever. I mean, she did. She did go to to Lowood, where people were probably shoved in closets all the time. So, so I liked the cute wedding dress she got. I thought that was great. Mm. Very cute. She didn't just have to get married in a frock. Always appreciated. <laughs> frock, one of my favorite words. It's I don't know why. <laughs> just, it sounds exactly like what it is. <laughs> fair, fair. Um. Uh, <laughs> I also <laughs> I cackled because when he like brings Jane back to the house after like the wedding's off, he shoves he closes the door on her dress. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it was intentional, but if it like wasn't, it makes not. it better. Yeah, okay. I like to think that was an accident. Yeah. I also really liked Rochester talking to himself. I thought that was iconic. When everyone like leaves the room and he's like yeah. talking to, about Bertha and he's like, you would not imagine the horrors and everyone's already gone. <laughs> They're already gone. I mm, I think it, I think this portrayal of Rochester is somehow more unhinged. Like yeah. there is like, and this is Orson Welles, who is one of the most unhinged human beings of all time. Like the fact that he can't get to where George C. Scott got with his unhingedness is, is mm-hmm. astonishing to me, but it's so good. And then um, she just pretty much immediately departs and he like runs into our room. He's like, Jane, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> the scene where he's like, Jane, please wait a while. Jane, wait a while. <laughs> Again, watching that with Anne and she's just like, there's some big subdom energy in this scene right now. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. Just so good. 
And then um, Sinjin giving me the biggest ick of all mm, time. Huge ick. Huge ick. They're not cousins in this, though, at least. so That's true. They cut that bit out. Jane does not... Uh, she does not become rich in this one, either. Yeah. What the heck, man? What the heck? Let oh, Jane my... be rich. Let her be loaded. She deserves that. She's been through a lot, okay? Yeah. You know, she's going to have to live in a gothic manor. <laughs> right. Partially burned down, maybe. I don't know. Who's to say? This Thornfield um, fully burned down. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the way they decided to display him being blind is with his eyes closed the entire time. I was like, yep. what? That was a choice. I'm like, blind people don't have their eyes closed all the time. Well, Do maybe you know it was maybe when the flaming thing hit his face, it closed his eyes, and that's why he's blind. Can't open them. You know that audio where it's like, Do you know that? It's important to me that you know that. I felt. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was like, Choice, but okay. Still like this version more. I so, did too. At the end of the day, yeah. I I liked that the other characters were more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked the the Moors. I liked the the relationship between Jane and Rochester more. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Jane I think the actress who played Jane is probably the letdown of this movie. Yeah. Which, which is, she's, she's a good actress. She, like. Yeah. But there's just, there's some beat that's missing. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily even her fault. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I think it's just written. Like, they made her so sunshiny, and I didn't like it. Uh, Yeah, I think that's completely fair. As an actor, you can Where's the trauma? Yeah. Because we saw it. We saw yeah. significant trauma, and mm-hmm. she just like rose Whatever. above it. Yeah, yeah, she's just like, "You cut my hair. I don't forget or forgive. Fuck you. I'm out." Like, all right. Like you know, Vampire Diaries. Uh, no. Have you seen Vampire Diaries? No. Mm, never mind. Shh. For everyone else, the blonde girl in Vampire Diaries that I can't remember the name of the friend that becomes a vampire that energy but they try to make it jane air so i don't know i didn't like it didn't land yeah jane did not land in this one yeah. that's just that is to say i don't think jane landed super well in the 40s version either but it's just no. that she was better than rochester yeah like orson welles's rochester was not doing it for me yeah what did Anne think of the 70s version? She, uh, she came in halfway through. Because uh, <sighs> I, I started watching right when I got off work. Um, okay, fair. But there was a significant amount of eye rolling at the Sinjin Rivers stuff. Uh, which is fair, because... Fair. Ugh, because yeah. big yuck. The, the other... So, what I really wanted to talk about was how... One of the things I don't like about this movie... <clears throat> mm-hmm is that it leaves out Sinjin getting his comeuppance. Yeah. 
like, like if let him die right if you're going to include that character it's not enough to leave him bereft on the moors because he's a no. fanatic and that doesn't mean yeah. anything to him but yeah. to have him die in india <laughs> alone, alone <laughs> yes mm -hmm. that's like that character needs that ending and so to mm -hmm. have like this is the problem of the Morehouse generally is that it adds characters that we don't really care about mm -hmm. to the end of a book where what we care about is what happens with Jane and Rochester. Mm -hmm. And so we get like what happened to them and whatever. But like mm -hmm. the only the only reason I want to see Sinjin in this movie is so that he can die. Correct. Horribly. After Correct. being a piece of shit. Um, Correct. And that's why I don't think the Morehouse section is like filmable in a movie mm -hmm. way because it's so much of the book but like to tack that on to the end of a movie makes like adds an extra hour and a half if you want to do it right mm -hmm. and so then you've just got this like weird flurry of oh he's he's weird and he wants her to go to india and mm, she's not yeah and it's like all right what is the point of this and we know what the point is the point is that this is where jane has her actual personal growth in the book mm -hmm. but again she's already apparently had that growth yeah it's already happened and so like the point of this is to just drag out the fact that she's away from thornfield which uh the 40s yeah. movie did that better i think so and is right just... you don't need the singin rivers bits if you're not going to do them justice and the only way you can do them justice is a separate movie or as a tv show correct those were the movies. Those were the two movies. Uh, what what did you rate this one out of ten? This one I'm gonna give a strong seven. This one's also a seven for me. Yeah, I think as a movie it's great. I think you can watch this without ever having read the book and you'll enjoy it. Yes, that is also clutch. Um, mm -hmm. Like you do not need backstory on this mm -hmm. to watch this movie. It makes sense as a narrative arc. Mm-hmm. And you know what I do? I like a feisty, not Jane Jane. Yeah, I always love a feisty female lead. So yes, the I mean, what what she did lean into is the like feminist empowerment message mm -hmm. of the of the book that is there. Mm -hmm. Like that that message is in that book, but it takes it takes Jane a while. a while to get there, and that's that's my general complaint. Is yeah. We don't see the growth, like, but I've said that before. I like it. Not Jane. I agree. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a so, good movie. It's not Jane Eyre. Correct. So, next, we're going to be reading The Wide Sargasso Sea, and I am excited. I'm so excited. It, I am a quarter of the way through as we as we speak. Yeah, but that I I do really hope you like that book, and I'm really interested to to hear what you have to think, what hear what you have to say about it. Because the last yeah. time I read it, I was 17 years old, and oh. I'm now a 35 year old man. Uh, so we will see how well my child brain remembers <laughs> what happened right. in this book, and if it does in fact hold up. But I think it does. Fair enough. So we will catch you all in two weeks because that's our new schedule. Because um, I'm a busy lady. <laughs>
And I'm excited because we're going to talk about our main woman, Bertha. Bertha. Finally getting to hear Bertha's voice. And you know what? I'm ready. And I hope the listeners are ready. Yeah, get ready. Read it if you don't want spoilers. Um, If you don't mind spoilers, we'll catch you in two weeks. And it is it is not a long book. It is not nearly as long as Jane Eyre. It's uh, it's like a, what two hundred pages. It's not bad at all. No. It's absolutely digestible. Hopefully, one episode. Cross your We're gonna do it in one everyone. episode. We're gonna do it in okay. one episode. We're gonna do it. I believe in us. I do too. Fifteen episodes later, we're like, what happened? <laughs> what? Are, why did we? What is? There isn't even fifteen chapters of this book. <laughs> We just can't stop talking to each other, man. We need a new book. Yeah. The Shining. That's our new book. That's our new book. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Or you didn't, if this gets edited out. TBD. But we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.